make the best movie theater you can now because there's no reason to save for retirement. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Hey, Anthony, you know, one of the uh, one of the through lines of this year podcast. We have is, a through line. Uh, we have several through lines. We I have a theme. Say. Well, theme is, is strong, but okay. but, you know, loose connective tissue, maybe uh, one of those is animals. Love animals. He's just like us. He right? is just like us, Jeff. He's just like us. Jeff, well, do you, did you, can I ask you something before we get into this story? Did you, when we started this show, because I have always been vehemently animals, they's just like us. Were you as animals, they's just like us before we started this show as you are now? No. And that is a great question. And, and you know that I am not as animal forward as you are, or at least I didn't start out that way. Fashion forward, started. animal forward, Anthony Carboni. That's you. That's you. <laughs> uh, uh, you don't wear Since animals. this is an audio podcast, I'll let everybody know that my cool fashionable t-shirt today is just a red shirt that says anime. It's nice though. Thank you. I mean, it does. You, you wear it well. I did get it tailored. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the the truth is, you know, I don't have pets. Uh, I, I had pets when I was a kid, but I don't have pets now. I have no desire for pets. I'm not a pets guy. I like pets, like visiting other people's pets. I like your pet. Yeah. But who doesn't? Don't, well, sure. But uh, I, I'm not, you know, I was never, I'm not, I don't love the zoo. I'm not an animals guy. I right. just don't, it's not my thing. Um, but yes, I think through the course of the numerous stories we've done on, on this topic, I have uh, learned a lot about how they's just like us. Well, here's a story that was submitted by our old friend, Mark, no nickname, Nuffer, on the old Discord. Fucking we appreciate that, Mark. Uh, the Discord, by the way. Guy, he's, he's up so on good. it. Yeah. He is. He's always got the choice stories. The, the whole Discord's up on it, man. Uh, if you if you want to see what's up, uh, head to patreon.com slash we have concerns. Join the discord for a dollar or more a month. Uh, Mark is definitely a superstar submit submitter. Yeah. And he, he this time he's submitting a story from none other than People magazine. This may oh. be our first People magazine story, which which is wild, considering all of the science news that People magazine has delivered to us over the years. So true. I wake up in the morning and what do I check? I check Plasbon. I check PNAS. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I immediately, I immediately head to People Magazine. See what that People has got to say about the latest science discoveries. Yeah. You know, it's very important. Well, this is a story about uh, how it turns out there's a lot of animals that are not like us. But there's one animal in particular that might be more like us than we want to admit. And here's the story. So th- there is something... Uh, that I had never really heard of before, uh, but I sort of I sort of intuited it, but I'd never really heard the actual term contra freeloading. It turns out most animals, the vast majority of animals, mm-hmm. exhibit something called contra freeloading, loading, which is this notion that if you give most animals, I mean, a lot of different animals. The choice between getting food just handed to them, just left somewhere and they get it, or they have to work for it. Most animals prefer working for it. No. 
This is true. If if you think back to the satisfaction a, of a job well done, yeah, gross. The satisfaction of a job well done. And it, how does that make that? How does that make them like us? Because I would rather just be given free food. This is what I'm saying. Oh, great! That it turns out most animals are not like us in that respect. Uh, if you if you think back to visiting a zoo, yeah, you will probably recall going to you know the primate section or even you know bears or it, it, almost every animal, even giraffes. Certainly, macaques like to work for it. Macaques like to work for it. Okay. You get, you get, not only is that your one, but that's like your one rhesus macaque monkey joke that you get per 10 episodes. Cause that's, it really is just the same joke over and over again. How dare know, you? It's one of my favorites. I know it is. Uh, there are so many uh, chickens, rats, gerbils, starlings, wolves. If you go to the zoo, you will likely see them put food in some weird thing where there's only a smart little hole, small little hole and they have to reach in and find it and grab it and yank it out of there. If you recall back at, you know, going to the zoo, oftentimes the way animals are fed is indirectly. It, it requires them to do something to get it. Why do we? Oh, okay. Go on. I was about to be like, why would they do that? Why? Well, it turns out most animals prefer that. If you offer them a food source that is just readily available out in the open, requiring no no work, oftentimes they don't want it. But why? Like what do they do they assign do they do they assign like a, a higher value to food that is harder to get? Is that what's up? Yes, and there are several theories as to why this might be. So the first one is that they're just gaining information about their environment. So this contra freeloading uh, behavior has been observed for m- many, many years. In fact, back in 1963, there was a very important paper that was published about this. That was sort of the first time it had been put in, put down in uh, any kind of scientific fashion. But way back in 1925, there was uh, some writing about this, a behavioral psychologist in 1925, uh, Robert Yerkes wrote about it. Uh, the, the basic, the, there are three different possibilities as to why scientists think this might be true. The first is getting information about their environment. So this is, you know, where is the food? How do I get it? What do I learn about my environment by working for it? So if it's, if there's just food out in the open, I gain no information about how to get more food, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe tomorrow I show up and there's not food here. So I need to learn as part of my instinct of how to get food. I need to learn how to get the food. And if I'm working for it, if I'm actually taking active measures to get the food, I learned that this is the way to get food, that I, there's something I can do to get it. I'm not just uh, sitting around passively. So if, I sit around, so if I sit around passively waiting for it, it may not show up. But because I've done this, this set of steps and food was found, until I am shown otherwise, this is the set of steps that will yield food. Right. That's, this is the first theory. Okay. And, and I think if you've seen you know if you go to a pond or something and they say don't feed the ducks or or similar things like don't feed the pigeons a lot of that is a they don't want to create this uh interaction with the these creatures and humans but also sometimes it's they become 
they, they lose their self-reliance. They become dependent on being fed that way because this is what they learn about their environment that this is the only way to get food. And if that you stop feeding them, they'll just die because they don't know how to get food anymore. Hmm. So, so the first theory is gain information about your environment. The second theory is it allows the animal to express a behavior that is species specific. So it doesn't actually, if you just give it a bowl of food, it doesn't express its own. I'm natural. not, I'm not built to just eat a bowl of food. Exactly. I'm a woodpecker and there's something in my brain that says yes. I have to peck at a tree to get food. It's in me genetically. If you give me a bowl, I'll look at you and I'll spit in it and I'll go <laughs> and then run away. Yeah. Yeah. So as we all know from the scientific paper, uh, Woody Woodpecker and the case of the goofy laugh. Yeah. Is that is that do you think now this is something that's interesting. Do you believe that Woody Woodpecker cartoons were titled that way in in much the same way as a Hardy Boys or a Tintin adventure? Uh, something that I have found is that and, and this is this is a science experiment that I'm running on my own, Jeff. Something yeah. that I've found is we all have a memory of Woody Woodpecker. I can explain to you what Woody Woodpecker looks like. I can do the Woody Woodpecker laugh. I know yeah. nothing else about Woody Woodpecker. Why do I know it? I've never fucking seen a Woody. As far as I know, I've never seen a Woody Woodpecker cartoon. Why do I know this? Where does it come from? That is a great question. Is this genetic memory much like these animals? <laughs> we all express our own Woody Woodpecker memory. Yeah. In some way. I'm going to say something based on a complete intuition that I, I don't even know is true, but was what did Woody Woodpecker have his own cartoons or did he just show up in other people's cartoons? Whose cartoons? And laugh. Whose cartoons? He's not a Hanna-Barbera character. He's not a Disney character. He's not a Warner Brothers character. Who the fuck is Woody Woodpecker? All I remember him doing is, is showing up, pecking and laughing. Yeah. That's all he did. He's really, yeah. he's, he's, he's like the Joker. <laughs> he's the Joker. He shows cartoon kingdom. He shows up randomly. No one knows where he comes from or where he goes. There's no origin no. story that we can agree upon. He shows up. He fucks up. Is it a ranger? No. Yogi Bear is a ranger. Who is he griefing? I can't remember who Woody Woodpecker is griefing other than everyone. Some birds just want to see the world peck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, so that's a perfect example of the second reason. The third reason that is, uh, that is theorized as to why this might be this uh, contra- freeloading behavior is that we only notice it in animal or we primarily notice it in animals in captivity because this is where the behavior is most exhibited is like we're going to feed you and you're going to ignore the free food and you're going to work for the food so it's this behavioral emptiness that is in captive animals because they just don't have enough stimulation we just They're get literally just so fucking bored that they're like, just give me a reason. Just make me fight for the food, dude. It's like Come a on. human being. It's like, it's like after two sick days. You know how the first two sick days, you're like, fuck yeah. I'm going to catch up on, I'm going to catch up on my TV. I'm going to read comic books. I'm going to eat junk food and nap. And then you get two days in and you're like, fuck, I am so yeah. bored. What do yeah. I do? 
And then you just yeah, start working. Right? You start like the pandemic's like, yeah. I'm going to learn a language. I'm going <laughs> to, I got to do, do something. I'm going to send out work emails. I don't care. I love work emails. <laughs> yeah. Since yeah. when I've been trapped yeah. here for three days. So those are the three primary uh, explanations that, that are current that scientists have for what this is, but nobody really knows what the actual reason is, but it is almost ubiquitous across all these species. Jeff, you say Except almost ubiquitous. Oh, okay. I was, uh, I was about to say, you say almost ubiquitous, but there's one, there's one animal that does not, that does not want to work for food. Based, based on a new study at the UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine. I know it. A new, you want to guess? I know it. I absolutely know it. It's a fucking cat. It's a fucking cat. <laughs> it's a fucking cat. Cats like, just give me the food. You ever given a cat? So look, you give my dog. Here's what's up. You give my dog, my perfect prince, uh, a little toy uh, that that he's got to figure out a puzzle to get the food out of the toy. He'll sit at it for a half an hour. Okay, so I know it's not dog. Here's the other thing that's crazy. I used to have uh, a betta fish that I called Brienne of Tarth. And Brienne of Tarth, because she's, because she's a lady and she's a fighter, and Brienne of Tarth would follow my finger around in patterns. I trained her to follow my finger around in different patterns in order to get food. Loved to do it. Wow. You try to give a, a puzzle toy or get a cat to follow you around. You ever try to get a cat to do a trick? Eat shit. That cat's going to lie around because that cat knows the food are coming. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the cat couldn't care less about your work. No. Are you just going to give me the fucking food or what, human? Give me the food. The only exception to this rule, Heathcliff, another cartoon character that I don't know why I know anything about him. But Heathcliff would love to, uh, would love to steal things. You would love to work to steal to steal pies and stuff. Is is Heathcliff the inverse of Garfield? Is that the idea? Is because Garfield was lazy and, and hates Mondays, right? Yeah, Heathcliff Heathcliff was the originator of the DreamWorks eyebrow. Heathcliff had like one eyebrow raised and like one eye, I don't know. He wasn't a DreamWorks character. I'm just saying he used to do that eyebrow. And he would walk around the street and he would steal pies and try to beat up other cats. But he never spoke. Somebody made a lot of money on Heathcliff. Yo, I have no idea why. Someone out there you know? is a fucking Heathcliff millionaire. Let's. Hey, yeah. can I can I run this down for you? Somebody's a Woody Woodpecker millionaire. Somebody's a Heathcliff millionaire. Somebody's a Beetle Bailey millionaire. True. Beetle fucking Bailey. Bailey. When I was a kid, I. You know what's crazy is I read Beetle Bailey religiously in the newspaper every Sunday. Yeah, and it, it's just jokes about being a fucking GI in World War Two. Yeah, like it, it bared no re- relevance to my life. Uh, the, the gags made no sense to me, and yet I obsessed about it. I don't have any idea why that would be. I genuinely believe that there were only ever in my lifetime, maybe maybe three good newspaper comics. I think there was peanuts. There was Calvin and Hobbes and there was the far side. Yeah. 
I think that's it. That's the three. I think that's the three. I don't think there's ever been another good in the last hundred years. Maybe in 1901 or something, you could be like, well, Windsor McKay's Little Nemo. And you can be like, yeah, sure. That's great. Well, what about uh, uh, what about Ignatz, the the cat? And you're just like, yeah, sure. Okay, go do vaudeville. What I'm saying is in my lifetime. What was, the, what was the political one that everyone? Oh, Doonesbury. It was impenetrable to me. Doonesbury. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Dude, but on Sunday morning, getting the newspaper and having the Sunday morning color comic page. Was Free comics. Such a treat. I couldn't, bu- I couldn't, but I would, I loved it. I had an order in which I read them based on like ascending order of, oh, yeah. of, of best comic. Best to worst. Best to worst. And can I tell you, there was only one variable in that. The only variable of, of the order, the reading order, is I would look down at Family Circus, and if Family Circus had a dotted line, it would, step, it would go up higher because I'd love to see what those, what those lovable scamps were doing. Billy, what are you doing with your day, Billy? Where are you going, Billy? And why are you taking such a roundabout path, Billy, you, you zany kid? What kind of trouble are you going to get into, Billy? You know what's crazy is there must have been at least a dozen comics yeah. that I adored and, and would read religiously. And I probably can name maybe six of them. I, 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 like they're, they, they occupy no space in my brain. Like Remember BC? Yeah. BC, Kathy, Blondie. Kathy. I hated Kathy. Uh, Blondie. Blonde. Talk about these like anachronistic, like weird... Set in the 50s. Why is it a com- why is it a comic? Because it's always been a comic. And it always will be a comic. Oh, you know what? I thought of comic number four that was pretty good. And and we should we should give this Foxtrot. Bill oh, yeah, Bill Ammons. Bill Ammons comic was yeah, very good. Foxtrot. I loved that one. Foxtrot was very good. It was it was not, it was pop culture humor in the comics before anybody was doing that. And maybe what was the one? maybe he was the only was one. one? There was one that, whose name it begins with a D, I think, that was like about a dad who thought his kids were idiots. Uh, I can't remember what, but I always loved it. A dad who thought That's his crazy. kids were idiots. I don't know. Isn't that like all sitcom slash comic strip dads? No, I think all, I think it's the reverse that the kids think the dad is an idiot. Oh. And this is the this was the one where the dad thought the kids were dumb. Uh, was it Doonesbury? Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay so cats cats, anyway, cats don't want to work cats don't want to work so this is a, a, an actual study i mean i think you nailed it i probably would have nailed it if i hadn't read this i think everybody that's ever interacted with a cat is like yeah cat doesn't give a shit cat doesn't want to work cat, cat doesn't, doesn't give do a fuck anything. but this is an actual scientific study so they they took a group of 17 domesticated cats and presented them with a, a tray of food and a simple to solve food puzzle. And it wasn't that zero cats tried the puzzle. Mm. Some of the cats tried the puzzle. Sure. But almost all of them spent more time at the tray, tried the tray first, and preferred the tray over time. Yeah. They just wanted the food, dude. And that's not the case with almost every other animal. Every other animal wants the work wants to do the puzzle. The other animals are like, I don't trust the, that food. I want to figure this shit Let out. I'll tell and- you something. I know for a fact that the treats I give my dog that I put into this puzzle are literally exactly the same as his food. 
I've checked. They're exactly the same, but they're tinier sized and I hide them in a thing that's hard for him to get to. He will ignore an entire bowl of food to get these treats. Why? It makes no sense. I think he, I think literally he's just bored. Whereas cats are like, my dude, can I tell you something? I don't, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna eat this food until this food stops showing up and then I'll figure out the puzzle when I have to. Why would I put work into this thing? I eat, I nap, I eat. Right. And of course, Anthony, you know where I'm going with this. There is one other mammal that exhibits this behavior. Me. Me. You're looking at him. (laughs) It do be us though. (laughs) So cats... Things just like us. I, because listen, I believe in my heart that if I had to go out and hunt and forage for food, I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. But here's the thing I don't have to. (laughs) And I never will. It's hard for me to muster the energy to go to the grocery store where they lay the food out in front of me. Yeah, but it's still laid out. The the grocery store in its own way is sort of a puzzle because it's they don't make a table that says here are all the food Jeff like. Right. You don't walk in and you're like, where's food for where food for me? And they go, oh, Jeff, we made food for you for a week. No, you have to be like, okay, what aisle is this thing in and where in the aisle? It's puzzle. That's true. It is work. True. I'm tired just thinking about it, Jeff. How do we make, you know, we would become billionaires mm. if we could come up with a grocery store that is no puzzle. You know, you Buddy, walk in and it just has a table that says Anthony's food. Anthony food. For every customer. <laughs> you remember I was, I thought it was so stupid, but also so neat. Like five years ago, six years ago, you remember you would go to CES, you would go to the Consumer Electronics Show. And every refrigerator was maker was like, hey, just so you know, if if your food has an RFID tag on it and it enters this refrigerator, your refrigerator knows it entered. And if it doesn't go back in after a certain amount of time, it knows that you're out of this food. And eventually you'll be able to just it'll just reorder all your food for you. And I was like, this sounds incredibly wasteful and stupid. How do we get to here? How do I get one? How do yeah. I get to here? And I mean, we're basically there. I click the I click the reorder button on on the grocery delivery because I still don't go to the grocery store if I don't have to because I'm still I'm still worried about the creeping death, Jeff. It's still it's changing and evolving, and uh, we all should be diligent about it. Yes, indeed. So, yeah. uh, but I do I do get the the auto reorder of my groceries, and it's kind of nice, dude. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. But my question to you on this is, does this make you respect cats more or feel shame to yourself more? Ooh, why does it, why does it have to make me feel either? (laughs) Every other animal is like, no man, I'm going to work for it. Except us and cats. Yeah. Are we, are we, do we feel a little closer to cats knowing this or do we feel like a little embarrassed that we're not closer to every other animal? You know what I'm saying? Mm. I guess if I had to choose between the two, I guess I would say, see, because it, it perfectly aligns with my image of cats and also myself. 
So I don't know <laughs> if it's changed anything for me as much as it's just re reaffirmed things that I already know and I'm totally fine with. Okay. Because here's the thing. You're we should be your- we should be smarter than other animals to the point where we know we don't have to do busy well, but we do do busy work for food. But that's a, that's capitalism and I'll put a pin in that because it's not that sort of yeah. podcast and I go off on those rants too much. But uh yeah, we should know that. And you know, good on cats for knowing that, but I would have expected them to. Yeah, I guess. I mean, th- these researchers were quick to point out that they did not attribute this to laziness, mm-hmm. that this is that there is some other thing going on here because they uh they tracked the sort of active the activity of each of these cats and even the cats that were super active and didn't exhibit any other form of laziness just preferred the food that was there. It's not that they were like laying around all day and couldn't be bothered to work for the food. It's that they were doing other stuff. And then when presented with two options of how to get food, they're like, I'm just going to do this. It's just effective time management. It does seem that it does seem like the smart, the least path of least resistance, right? Yeah. That seems like an efficiency. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like laziness. It feels pretty smart to me. I think, okay, so there's been a, I think there's been an epidemic of chonky, chonky, chonky kitties. I've, I have noticed in the last five to 10 years, I know a a disproportionate number of my friend's kitties are hefty, heftier than I remember kitties being. And I think... Maybe cats is getting smarter <laughs> because I feel like I feel like I had cats growing up and I had some friends who had cats growing up and I knew like one person who had a fat cat. Yeah. But now so many of my friends cats are just large large boys and and girls. Chunk. They got that chunk. They got that chunk. And I, I wonder if cats are just wise. They're just wising up. Maybe. Maybe. My other favorite thing about this story is that uh, there is like a little addendum at the end that made me laugh. Lay it on me. Because these scientists being what they are, you know, have to consider all possibilities. I'm picturing five John R. Buckles in lab coats. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they did say, uh, you know, there is one other possible explanation for this. <laughs> oh, shit. Lay it on me. And that is, we made a shitty puzzle. <laughs> like, we- yo, that's very cat owner to say, though. Maybe we just made a puzzle that sucks. No, this is this is this is a cat owner thing though. And this is what cat owners do. It's like, I don't know. I bought him I bought him this beautiful cat tree and you know what? I knew I should have bought the bigger more expensive one cuz he wouldn't play with this one. You know, maybe it's on me. It's maybe, on me. Maybe I-, <laughs> I got him this food. He doesn't like this food so he won't eat it. I'm going to go right out and get him another food. No. You let the, you let that animal know that's the only food. Uh, I think I think cat owners are are a little bit masochistic. They want to they want to get domed by their pets. 
Dom, little, little cat Dom action. They yeah, do. I cool. think they do. I think they like letting their cats run their lives a little bit. And so I love that these researchers were like, oh, we just didn't make a good enough puzzle. Motherfucker, uh, you're definitely smarter than cats. <laughs> like, don't worry. <laughs> what they said was, was that maybe if we had made a puzzle that more closely mimicked their natural hunting behavior, like maybe it just wasn't. My dude, I've seen cats of- play with an iPad. <laughs> It's not that the cat didn't want to do work. It's that maybe we just didn't present the work that cat wanted to do. You know? If we we (laughs) gave each other... If we gave our coworkers and employees and each other the sa- that amount of space, oh, maybe he's not bad at his job. Maybe we're just not presenting the job in an interesting way. Are you maybe fucking the, kidding the me? Job for him. It's maybe it's just not the job. You know, I'm really. Maybe I'm, we I'm should sorry. give him a better job. He's doing so bad. Maybe it's because he needs a better job. Uh, you know, I have to apologize, Timothy, that uh, I asked you to make all those copies. Um, Ugh, that's okay. I, no, no, no. It's, 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 it's truly, it's I did not consider uh, how much you have no interest in making copies for the company. Yeah. Making copies uh, sucks. Yeah. And, and when I said it needed to be done by Tuesday or we go bankrupt because the presentation will not be delivered and our entire business is resting on this presentation. Yeah. Sounded a little sus. It, it felt, I, I probably put a lot of pressure on you No, and it wasn't fair. Yeah, um, that I'll agree with. And, and I feel like your particular job skills mm. were not suited for the job that I hired you to do. And, oh. and truly that's on me. Okay, what are, no. are you saying that I'm fired? I'm saying that you're promoted. Uh, unfortunately, the, the company has gone under, so you are oh. CEO of a company that's failing. Wow, you're going to promote me over you. This was almost a Willy Wonka situation, but I feel like I feel somewhat responsible, but not responsible enough. It's not that I said good day. Yeah. It's that situation resulted in us being all said good day too. You, give me you know th- what I mean? You give me three snacks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, give I'll me give three me, snacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, three snacks right now. Um, I love this. I love that these, that these researchers were just like our fault. We just, we just didn't make a cool enough puzzle for these cool cats. We thought we were dealing with a bunch of Garfields, but we had a bunch of Heathcliffs on our hands. <laughs> they, they lay out all this stuff. It's like, you know, this could be the one animal in contrast to every other animal. Or, you know, or we are shitty at making cat puzzles. That's what I love. We're good at making puzzles for every other animal. But cats were just not good enough for. I love that's very cat owner energy. That is such cat owner energy. This is a great story. I love this because I don't know. We, we often, you know, this is something that, that we talk about all the time. We often attribute a sameness to animals. Yeah. And we don't look at where they are unique other than their sort of physiological or physical activities. And it's always fun to see where they are sort of intellectually and emotionally different. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, any, anybody that's ever interacted with a dog versus a cat understands that they behave very, very differently. But I think it's cool to 
understand just how divergent that behavior is on a fundamental level. This is as primal as you get, right? Yeah. How you eat, how you survive. Uh, I think it's pretty, it's pretty interesting to see that one animal stands alone, or I guess one of two, us and them. We both, we both mostly lay alone on couches. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks to Mark Nuffer for sending in that story. Uh, he sent it into the Discord. Uh, the Discord is our fun community server. Uh, I, you know, when I say, when I say the word fun, Jeff, uh, it makes me feel like I'm lying. But I'm not. No, it's, it's, it's a ton of fun. Fun is it's one a, of those things what? like, when I say something's fun, I feel like I'm, I'm like, a, like a teacher trying to get kids to get into a van or something to go to a boring field trip. But the Discord is really good. Fun, it turns out fun was the people we met along the way, Anthony. Yeah, and they're all in the Discord, chatting it up in one of our many chat rooms, hanging out, doing cool shit, sharing science stories, talking about episodes. But also Wait, talking about games, not just not just anybody can get to that discord. How do you how do you get exclusive membership to the discord? Oh, there's a cool test. And the cool test is. You have to go to patreon.com slash we have concerns. And give us a dollar. That sounds ridiculously cheap to be cool. Can you, you mean, solve this cool? puzzle? <laughs> are you a Garfield or a Heathcliff? Now is the time are to you? decide. <laughs> will you join us in the cool chats for Heathcliffs or will you lay around alone like just another Garfield? Yeah. Your dollar can decide. <laughs> and of course, uh, as you, as you go up in supporting the show, you also get more extras. You get uh, bonus audio every week. You get bonus episodes with every guest we've ever had, all kinds of other things. Check out uh, patreon.com slash we have concern to, to find out more. Jeff, I want to talk about astronaut food. Finally, let's do it. Tang, uh, Dippin' Dots, some of my favorite stuff. Apple, that applesauce in a tube. I mean, here's the thing. When, when we think about space food, yeah, we think about that kind of thing, right? The freeze-dried ice cream, which of course was never an astronaut food. It's just something that was kind of co-opted and turned into it because we expected that to be astronaut food. Yeah. Which, which was really NASA taking advantage of the fact that we don't know everything that goes on at NASA, if I'm honest. It's not our fault that we thought that the astronaut ice cream was space food. You told us it was space food. You're the National Aeronautics and Space uh, Administration. If you tell us no. it's space food, I'm going to believe you. It's hard. It's hard to become an astronaut. And it's nice to have a little carrot at the end of that stick. You know what I mean? A little yeah. dip and dot incentive. A little dip and dot incentive. We think about things like that. We think about dehydrated food packets. We think about pastes slurped out of tubes. We think about all that sort of stuff. But let me tell you something, Jeff. There was a food delivery last week to the International Space Station. Their 90-day supply re-up. That's nice that they also can do the, uh, the home grocery delivery nowadays. Oh, you know, yeah. It's important. It's important. Oh, yeah. They go, well, where is astronaut food? And there's a, little, there's a little spaceship that comes up and gives them astronaut food. Uh, this is every, their every 90-day... Resupply. This has everything they need, right? Like, um, you know, they need a new mounting bracket for the solar wings. That comes up. 
right? Because that can't be printed on the ship. But they also get uh, 3D printing materials. They get things for their science experiments. And then, of course, they get their food for the next 90 days. And let me tell you what came up on the fucking food delivery last week, Jeff. I'm so curious. What could it possibly be? A fucking make your own pizza kit. Dude, I was going to joke about pizza. Yeah. I was going to joke about the no, pizza delivery guy. Not just a frozen pizza, Jeff. They got fresh ingredients to have a little make your own pizza party oh, on the space station. A, if you haven't thrown a make your own pizza party, you haven't lived. I mean, it, it, what a delight finding out what toppings your friends enjoy. Uh, you could do it with your coworkers. You know, you, you, you seem like a guy who ordered a pizza stone at one point. I do have a pizza stone. You did order a pizza stone. I was a gift, but yeah. I'll, I'll cop to the fact that I own it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it wedding or otherwise? Otherwise. Otherwise. I think it was a birthday gift. Birthday. You just but seem I, like yeah. a dude who needs a pizza stone, if I'm honest. I love a pizza. And if you've not eaten a pizza on a pizza stone, the crust. Mm. Oh. Do you make, do you, do you make the, the, the classic style where it's all misshapen and good? Well, only because I don't know how to make it not misshapen in that. Yeah, but a real pizza is not perfectly round. A real pizza's got that classic dough, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we definitely are all about, and we put like fun stuff, like you put hummus on the pizza, on the dough, you know? Sure, okay. whatever you want. Yeah. You can do whatever you want when, you, when you're doing a make your own pizza party. Yeah. Well, let's. I made it my own. Yeah. You know? Yeah, dude. You, we can do that in space now? You can do it in space. You can set up, you get that, you get that basil, you get that fresh mozz, you get that burrata. I'm talking about a margarita. I'm talking about a traditional margarita is what I like. Oh, you like a margarita? Oh, baby, I like a margarita. And let me tell you, if I'm having it in the morning, I will also crack an egg on that. And then it's a breakfast pizza, my guy. Oh, breakfast pizza. Well, breakfast I pizza. Like what you think. I, uh, I like a lot of toppings. Do you? I'm, I'm a guy that likes to heap on the toppings. Hmm. Yeah. I'm the other way around. I like, yeah, I like a, you like a less is more. I like a few really good toppings that I really love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Jeff, do you know where they, do you know where they cook? <sighs> the pizza? Oh, I want it to be something awesome. I want it to be like on some computer equipment that gets really hot or like uh, on a jet engine or some shit. Like, is, is there some cool thing that they cook it in? Jeff, they have to make a very, specific specialized zero gravity oven because that shit gravity clay pizza oven because that shit is gonna float was gonna float around in there and you can't have that if you want to even bake i am i am immediately imagining uh astronauts floating weightless with a giant wooden paddle yeah and they've, they've built, they've built the pizza oven. It's like the round brick, like the dome brick yeah. oven, the clay oven, like yeah. in the middle, everything else is like really clean and sci-fi. It looks like, it looks like 2001 or like yeah. one of those Tom Cruise sci-fi movies where everything is just like no dust whatsoever. And then in the middle of it, rustic fucking pizza oven. Fucking Tuscany in the middle of the <laughs> Ooh, bring a little bit of Tuscany to the space station is what they say. Um, wow. On January 9th, 2020, Jeff, the International Space Station tested its zero gravity oven using cookie dough to see. Oh, yes, they did. 
to see if baking in space is even possible, the cookies needed to be baked one at a time in a special silicon pouch designed to minimize the risk of crumb creation. You know why, Jeff. Because you don't want crumbs in space. No. They get in everything. They, they float around. They float around. They get in the equipment. Yeah. No, pen, no pencils, pens. Dude, we didn't even know if space baking was possible until 2021. Buddy, we know. Ne- well, to be fair, January 2020. Last year we knew. But 2020. but 2020, we still didn't know because we were a little fucking worried, man. Yeah, I guess you have a space baking accent. If you if you're in, you know, the I've watched enough baking competition shows to know there can be catastrophes when you're trying to create a a delicious souffle, uh really anything, you know. The transportation from the oven to the mouth. It, 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 it's fraught. Could you souffle in space? What is the danger of the souffle falling, rising? How does that work? How does anything that needs uh, that needs to be proved first before it's baked? There's so much we don't know about good food in space because it's all been shit food until 2020. Okay, so A, NASA is taking this space tourism thing seriously. Somebody (laughs) is, right? B, there were dudes, there were astrophysicists sitting in a room somewhere going, all right, what are we not thinking about, guys? What are we not fucking crumbs? Okay, how do we we deal with crumbs? Okay, what else? The very least engineers, right? Yes. At the very least, there there was a group of engineers. Jeff... You talk about space tourism. May I tell you who provided the chocolate chip cookie dough for the space Jeff station? <laughs> Jeff Bezos. No, Jeff Bezos has never done anything nice for anybody in his entire fucking life. <laughs> he was up in space for four minutes and he made his own cookies and he didn't share. And by when I say he made his own cookies, I mean he brought some. He had somebody pack him some cookies. Um, the cookie dough, Jeff, was provided... By the Doubletree Hotel. Wow. The hotel chain known for its very good chocolate chip cookies. Delicious chocolate chip cookies when you check in. Oh, this was brilliant. Whoever's idea at the uh, Doubletree Corporation, whatever like junior level uh, community manager position was like, you know, uh, we could supply the cookies. Ah. Brilliant. Isn't that amazing? Brilliant. Isn't that amazing? So they didn't have to, it was pre-made cookie dough. They didn't have to mix it up because obviously making cookie dough on the space station would be fraught. A lot of particulates. So even this make your, make your own pizza kit, fast forward to today, the make your own pizza kit, the dough is pre-made. Everything's pre-sliced. You know what I mean? You're just sort of, you're just sort of arranging the pizza and then baking it, but it's still a fun activity. Are, are there any pictures of these cookies? Cause I'm guessing the cookies by necessity look very little like a delicious cookie. I bet they like look like more like a little brick. You know what I'm saying? Like a, like a chunk of cookie. Cause you, what you can't have is like the big, beautiful, you don't want the big, beautiful wide, thin cookie that I would want. Right. You know, you have something that's a little chunkier. Actually they look, uh, I can, I can send you over a picture. They look good, man. They look pretty good. Uh, here you go. Here's an article. 
that has a photo of them and they look they look like very normal chocolate chip cookies they look a little less yeah. gooey they look a little less gooey yeah. in the middle than i would like but you know a little crispier than i prefer yeah, but, but they sure. are they are the big ones you know you can tell by by where they're sitting in the pan they they baked about four to a pan and let me tell you this jeff they um they sent a bunch of them back they sent uh, they sent a bunch of cookies back to Earth for NASA scientists to eat the cookies and report on the cookies. I love this. Changed in any way, if they feel uh, a strange sensation they've never felt, maybe some sort of uh, otherworldly impulses. Exactly. Came back inside the cookie. Yeah, like the ninth gate, but for cookies. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. They sent the. They actually did. They sent the co- some cookies back in a bundle with eight genetically engineered mice. That were created in space. Here's your mice and your cookie. The lucky. That's uh, a health hazard NASA, right there. The, the lucky NASA employee gets the cookie bag. The you know, unlucky one gets the mice bag. Do you know what happens if you give a space mouse a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, this is not the first time that uh, food was sent into space, but it was the first time these cookies that food was sent into space. This kind of food bakeable food was sent into space uh by nasa in 2001 pizza hut sent uh pizza pie to space but already made already made reheated and it was only allowed to be eaten by the russian cosmonauts why is that pizza hut paid the russians a million dollars to do it as wow. sort of like a, a marketing Dare. thing. Uh, <laughs> NASA was like, we have not tested this food. We don't know what it's going to do. We don't want to give these people this kind of food in space yet. And the, the fucking Americans were sitting on the space station, Jeff, and they had to watch the fucking cosmonauts eat pizza. They've been in space eating space garbage for some of them. Squeezing goop into their mouth and Vladimir's like, this pizza is delicious. Oh my god. I have not eaten oh, like this. Comrade, oh, you know you know when the cheese is very gooey, comrade. So gooey the oh, cheese. So delicious. Oh, this pizza. Oh. And meanwhile American American astronaut. You want uh, you want oh you can't? Oh, so sad for you. No, I'm uh I'm enjoying my uh, protein paste. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's it's real good. Oh man. So yeah, they, um, they, they got delivered this, this new space pizza this week. Uh, and I looked up, I was like, what other good shit are they getting? So now they get, they get fresh produce. There's a, there's a ton of fresh produce that they know survives well in space. They get things like apples, tomatoes, and kiwi. They get cheese plates. They get a bunch of different cheeses to have on the space station good man these astronauts eating good they're eating pretty good now um there is one of so uh, astronauts have a broad menu of foods they can request like noodles from the japanese aerospace exploration agency jaxa will send you noodles they got fucking room service there kung pao chicken will be delivered by uh china's space program if it's requested and 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 service. yeah, and anybody from any the Americans can request from from any of the other, and it's something that's made to build camaraderie. They're doing little astronaut pot, potlucks once every ninety days. Amazing, isn't that great? Can I oh, tell you, Jeff? Luck. Can I tell you, Jeff? Yeah, you can get delivered espresso 
that will be used in a machine that is called the ISS Espresso. Of course, that's brilliant. It's the first real coffee machine allowed in the space station. It's allowed in space. The coffee is, of course, uh, delivered in in basically. It's it's like it's almost like Keurigs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, they don't that's want any of the particulate, and then it comes out, yeah. of course, into another plastic pouch because they're not allowed to have mugs of just liquid. Um, can you guess which space agency created the ISS Espresso, Jeff? The Italian Space Agency. The Italian Space Agency, baby. The ISA. Hey, hey they don't. Me. Hey, let me tell you something about my about my brother about our brothers and sisters, Jeff. We don't launch a lot of missions. We're not known for breaking a lot of uh, a lot of space records or like pushing the technology forward. But there is one thing we fucking did, Jeff. That's espresso. We made good coffee in space. Because how are these motherfuckers? sitting up there for this long without good coffee love i love this story isn't it great there's nothing there's nothing that happened that was uh unexpected in the baking process like it all kind of worked as it would on earth other than the fact that you have to worry about all the you know the excess steps of of worrying about the particulates and all that yeah it's basically you know the way the thing that they had to do is they had to make they had to create a bakeable you know a bake like you have a bakeable uh silicon baking dish here you can do that you can bake things in silicon trays uh so they basically made a silicon pouch you know, it's kind of a semi-soft silicon that basically suspends, you know, you can hook it to the sides of the oven and it suspends the pizza at, a, at exactly or whatever you're baking at exactly the middle, the center rack height of the oven. Amazing. And it bakes it right there. Amazing. And, you know, amazing. Isn't it? This. It's great. And I love this because, you know, we, we talk so often about, well, there are we're sending things up where they can 3d print things if they need them like tools and stuff. We're sending up, you know, they get one personal thing that they can bring up one personal item. And I think we have these outdated, look, I'm not going to say that it isn't dangerous and isolating and, uh, and, and strange and hard to go up on the space station. I'm not trying to minimize this, but I think, you know, we had these sort of outdated ideas of what they could do up there. And I just love one of the things that I always thought is like, God, the food would bum me out after so long. Right. Because I've been, you know, I've, I've had like health issues over the last year where I've had a very limited diet. And like for a while, just over that few months or like maybe you've had maybe you've had your wisdom teeth out or you've had some sort of a everybody's had something done where like for a week they had to eat like just a boring diet. And you're like, this will kill me. I'll die from the boredom. <laughs> This is the worst. Yeah. And then you think about yeah. times 180 days. Dude, can you imagine the day that the International Space Station smelled like freshly baked cookies? Holy shit, dude. No, I can. Oh, my God, Jeff. Imagine. Imagine watching you get up in the morning to Earthrise coming through the window. The light is spilling through. You use you. you Stretch your arms. You take that first yawn in the morning. You're 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 all clipped into your into your ISS like sleeping bag, and you smell fresh cookies as you're watching the Earth rise through a window. It makes it all worthwhile. The the, the decades of preparation and stress and and risking your life it's, it's and all the mice moment. we killed. Oh, and so, so many, so, so many, many dead mice. mice. We tried to make them super strong and we killed so many. 
Uh, but yeah, I think this is great. I like knowing this. Space food. Let them live it up, man. They deserve it. They do is there anything it. that you would, you would want to order in space in particular that would be like the perfect space food? I mean, I love that Jaxa sends up noodles. Yeah, that's pretty great. You know, some send up some udon or like some, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. And I mean, a margarita pizza. Eat that. It would, it would be, t- you have to have the noodles without the delicious broth, right? Or like, or do it in, you know, have a noodle, have some broth, have a noodle. Have oh, but I mean, you just, you're just eating it Sukemen style then. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, the one that popped into my head is being, uh, no pun intended, being something special is popcorn. I would love to have like freshly popped popcorn in space. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh yeah. Be great. I'm a popcorn fan anyway, but I think it would be cool to like sit there on the a space station and have a popcorn kernel floating in zero G and put it in your, you know, grab it in your mouth and stuff. Ah. Oh man. I, I love this. Just let Can me go to, let me go to space. Story? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go to space. So back when I was working for CNET, uh, I was doing a show called always on and we did a, a segment where I went and interviewed um, a, I went to Houston and um, got to test out a lot of the equipment and stuff and interviewed a guy who had been an astronaut and not during the interview when we were like hanging out and we went and had lunch together and sitting in the cafeteria uh, at the Houston space center. Uh, he, uh, he told me this story. He said, you know, there's certain things that you're not allowed to have at the space station, but somebody snuck a beer onto one of the flights up. I've heard to the this space story. station. Yeah. You, have I told you this before? I think I, th- it was either you or it was, um, Katie Coleman when I was interviewing her for science and star Wars. Oh, I think cool. she, she may have said it. Well, he said that they, they brought this beer up to Spain and they hid it so that, you know, n- nobody knew, but at one point they opened it and if you've seen any uh, videos of of material uh, liquid in space, water or whatever, yeah. obviously it, it coagulates and, and, and forms into a sphere. And he said when they opened the beer, it did the same thing. But the liquid of the beer was in the center. And then around it, like an atmosphere of a planet, was the suds <gasps> of the beer. For the sake of science, did you ask if the suds actually went down? over time no i did not but I, he said that they then they just drank it like that they just sucked it in their mouth but it, i wouldn't have waited honestly if i was them i wouldn't have waited either i would have just been like space beer float now Isn't that the coolest thing ever God. i was like that is rad that is so good that is so good uh here's to our brave men and women having pizza parties and drinking beers <laughs> you know they deserve it they do they pizza party have a little have pizza a little party. Birthday. Yeah. You know what it is, is all the astronauts read five books in a month and they got five they little gold it. stars and they got to have a pizza party. Good on them. We love that you for know, them. Sticking together. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us. If you want to see more stories like this or read more stories or hear more stories, Lord knows we have plenty of past episodes of the show, but people are always submitting stories like this over on our Discord in the Science News Channel. So go check that out. Once again, patreon.com slash wehaveconcerns if you want to support. And Jeff, we've started doing a little, little bonus video every week, a little extra science story. Yeah. Uh, you did love the, it. You did the one last week. I'm going to do one for this week. We're going to be trading off. And if you're a, if you're a patron, 
uh, at any level, you get a little you get a little bonus story. We're testing it out. We're seeing how it feels. Yeah. So check that out. Become a patron. Support the show. Help us continue at patreon.com slash we have concerns. Now I want to know what it would be like to bring like a boba tea. Little boba balls. Little boba ball. A boba ball. A sphere containing other spheres. Like a tiny delicious galaxy. Yeah.